Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foggy with a Chance of Seagulls. This is episode seven. My name is Clark Weininger. As always, I am joined by my friend, Evan Lindsay. Uh, Evan, how you doing, man? Hey, I just moved. And so that's what would explain this very boring background. But um, <laughs> just to give you an that idea of where my mine. life is like, is like right now, this is my life right now. So, uh, you know, we're making do. I don't have my mic up, but um, I'm doing great. I've had kind of a very hectic week amongst um, amongst moving, the move. Moving will do that. Moving will do that. I um, On Thursday um, with um, my friend Claire and uh, our band, we... Uh, Drove up to Boston in the morning, played a show, and drove back that night. So that was an eventful thing as well that happened. So I'm pretty tired, you know, um, across the board, but um, feeling good. How how you doing? Good stuff. Love hearing and congrats on the move. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, yeah, just took a weekend trip up to Sea uh, Ranch, like Bodega Bay area, which is lovely. It's a very nice weekend on the West Coast, which a lot of times in august it's very foggy as many of the people listening to this know so it was a it was a lovely and rare beautiful weekend and took quite a bit of advantage of it listened to a lot of giants baseball on the radio which in retrospect was a good thing they were kind of putrid to watch from what i heard um did you watch much of this week um i didn't i didn't watch a ton i actually did listen a few times as i was doing moving stuff for cleaning up or trying to get things organized i I was actually listening a little bit um, yesterday to that uh, stinker. Um, <laughs> and uh, this this A's series has been a real stinker. But it's been an interesting week. And I think it's kind of borne out some stuff that we've talked about, which is that the, they play to the level that of competition oh God, that yeah. they're at. And it's just like, it's infuriating, but um, also very encouraging, I guess, too. <laughs> I think we should be very thankful that the NL West is good. Because if the NL West mm. was bad, we would be much worse <laughs> as a team. But this yeah. week, we played really well against the Diamondbacks. And those yeah. were such bigger games than these two against the A's this weekend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that was a really great series. Almost all of them were run one-run games. The only one that wasn't was 4-2 to two that we won. Um, did you see Bailey's pickoff throw? Well, you texted me about it. Um, I did send a lot. it to you. And um it was the first thing that I woke up to. Such a beautiful I mean, if if I could have that on my phone ready to go every day, I would be ooh, just waking up happy, pour myself a <laughs> cup of joe and just like queuing that up. Life I mean, is good. Life is good and I mean, I don't think that we can you know, you sent me a funny thing too that was like you know, maybe we're not calling him Patty Barrels anymore. Maybe we're a little quick with the barrels. But I like this Patty Bailiff thing that somebody came up with because that was fangraphs. That was hilarious. They had this yeah. like five things they liked on the week. And I can't remember the writer off the top of my head, but yeah. His like first favorite thing, I'll let you finish the bit, but was Patty uh yeah, Patty Bailiff. I almost said plaintiff. Patty Bailiff. <laughs> Patty Plaintiff's um, kind of funny. Don't know what it means, but I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> but just Bailiff in that he's... I, I don't actually fully get it. I don't know anything about the law, but it intuitively just, makes sense to me. You know, Oh, just banging the, bail- the gavel? <laughs> but the Bailiff doesn't do that. So actually, the bit doesn't make a ton of sense. <laughs> okay, just, just for the listeners, okay, fully for me, um, a Bailiff <laughs> is the official in a court of law who keeps order, looks after prisoners. Oh, got it. 
he's keeping order. Right. He's cleaning up the base paths. We got it. But um, I think um, I, I was listening to uh, an interview that Pavlovich and uh, somebody else did with Laura Britt. Farhan. Yes, with Laura Britt. Mm-hmm. Um, did with Farhan. And, um, you know, it's not a thing that catchers do to come in in the seventh for, like, defensive replacements. Yeah. Like, it's just not, like, you know, um, and we've talked about this, but, you know, Buster, when he had his day off, he took the day off. Like, it's just, like, taking time for the body to heal. But um, we're blessed to have this guy who, like, is young and selfless and willing to come in in the seventh. And it's, like, it's as valuable as, you know, as a, you know, a shortstop or center field replacement in the late innings, which, you know, we've been known to do too. But it's really testament to him. It's funny you say shortstop because I, I think his first year on the team is reminding me a lot more of Crawford the more he plays than it does Posey because Posey was elite offensively right off the bat, pun intended. And Crawford started off, you know, he could hit a little bit, but it was the glove that was a calling card. It was mm. he got promoted a little quicker than he would have otherwise because his glove was an elite major league glove. Um, but the bat still needed some work. So yeah, I think, um, the Crawford comparison really keeps sticking out to me when, when I'm watching him and yeah, it's, it's a unique thing to have him come in and be like a defensive replacement in the late innings at catcher. Um, we haven't really seen that, but he's young, he's down to do it. He performs so well when he does, it's a nice way to still get him days off and then I think it's also helpful because Sable is, you know, not the best defensive catcher either. So, yeah, um, yeah, it reminds me of what the front office was talking about before the season of defense is going to be a big thing and trying to improve that this year. And um, I feel like I just am <laughs> always having to give it up to Pavlovich because he's making good points. But a point that he made on uh, is that, um, you know, when we're running wisely out there, and Isan Diaz and these like zeros at the plate, it can be frustrating to watch, especially considering the current offensive production or lack thereof. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a kind of a blessing to look at this year and kind of feel like, hey, at the you know, the defense really hasn't been an issue by and large. There have been a few clankers here and there when we've thrown people in certain positions and even, you know, the Matoses of the world have uh, have made mistakes. But for the most part, it's not been something that we worry about. And I think that that yeah. really has, um, that's, you know, that's a big part of our run prevention in addition well, to our pitching staff. And especially with how bad the offense has been for the last two months, basically. We've been still a winning team during this stretch because the pitching's been good with a lot of bullpen games. We, uh... Lost yesterday was a bullpen game, I believe. Yeah. No, no, Stripling started. So this weekend against the A's is further proof that the bullpen bullpen games we should be trotting out every day. No. Um, yeah. But well, I mean, the Cobb bullpen started today. games are working. Yeah. <laughs> um, And we're defending really well, and we're bringing up a pretty putrid offense at the moment. But an offense I'm still optimistic about. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I tend to be overly optimistic about this team sometimes, but do you see us being able to like rebound or kind of turn a corner at all? Or is it like kind of going to be like this? 
I think that it's, um, you know, it's entirely within the realm of pot. I mean, it's very possible that we just stay exactly the same as we've been for the rest of the season. Um, I feel like we're due for some regression. I feel like the way that we started the season, (laughs) I mean, hopefully, Hopefully. Um, (laughs) but it's, we started the season so hot and like hit it, like averaging what, like four or five, five plus runs a game or something at some point. And, and then we swung all the way this way. But, um, you know, to, to the point that you made last week, we're getting Tyro back. And, we you know, him in, back, yeah. in the short time that we uh, have had him back already, like when I was listening to the game, it's just like, you know, having some energy on the base path, just energy in the lineup, I think is really important. Um, I think that it's not going to be long before we get Luciano back up to the majors as well. Um, you know, at first, I think there's a lot of outrage from Giants fans, just like the whole uh, Pollock up and Luciano out thing. And I honestly, I get it, but it was procedural yeah. ultimately. And yeah, go I ahead. think the ultimate thing with that is like, would you rather have had Marco up for a week and back down after a week? Or would you rather have had him not up at all? And I think it's so yeah. much fun to have him have his debut, not have the pressure of either learning a new position or having to sit behind Crawford and not play for a week at a time or like play once or twice out of a week. You know, he's getting reps down in Sacramento. He's playing a lot of second base. It looks like to see if he can be more versatile because they finally sent Casey Schmidt down today on Sunday. Oh, really? I didn't um, see that. And uh, brought up the other guy we traded for from Seattle, Matthias, um, who uh, I had never heard of before. Um, but, you know, if Marco comes up and can play a credible second base, then I think he might have a roster spot over Casey Schmidt because Wilmer can back up J.D. Davis at third base and Luciano can back up Tyro and Craw. And then we start kind of seeing the pieces fit as we go into the stretch run. Yaz will be coming back in a couple weeks. You know, there I think there's there's hope offensively. Um, but like also not like a ton. You know, yeah. it's marginal, but I think the margins make a difference in this case. Yeah. And I think um an interesting point that Farhan had made in um that interview that I mentioned is like that he has had conversations with the pitching staff about, you know, cause you know, this opener thing wasn't the plan from the beginning. And it's kind of more a result of just like what the pieces we have available and what we can do now to like win games consistently. And um, one of the pitchers, he didn't name the pitcher, but expressed to him like, you know, in the postseason, this is like something I would be like, super down not that he wasn't down for it but it's just like i get it in the postseason it's all hands on deck you do whatever you need to do to get the team to win and farhan's rebuttal was like we're kind of we're we're in a playoff push right now we're trying to there's five other teams that are gunning for our spot in the wild card and like we have to do everything that we can do and so if something works when games matter at their like most don't you want them to work anyway yeah that's a really valid point yeah and i think that bring it back to the offense it's um i think it's interesting because we've kind of been coasting in the top of the wild card position for a while and 
I think that this group is a group that plays better with a little fire under their hookuses. And, <laughs> and, <Great word. laughs> and I think that like we're not really feeling the heat from anybody right now in a major way. But I think that there's going to be teams making pushes in the final months of the season. And I think and I think that we've got guys um, – I think there's a good balance of older guys and younger guys on the roster. And I think what's nice about this season is that we don't have um, – we're not relying on all veterans to, like, make the engine be working. And so I think veterans, we've experienced them petering out by the end of the season. But, like, you know, one of the guys we're relying on, Craw – is like has had a lot of time off due to injury or whatever. And I think he's going to be a big part of the this this push. And I think we have guys that have been there before. And then we've got this cabal of guys coming from the minors that we can call upon. And who knows who we're going to see? You know, like Farhan said too. It's like if you can help at the major league level, you'll be up. Like we don't need to see you yeah. at AAA for that long. And they've proven if you're going to help. They've proven and they've that. Proven it. Yeah, exactly. And so. You know, I think in the show, I often play the role of the pessimist, but I think I think today it's like I have to be optimistic that we can do better than we've been. Now I'm really concerned after losing two to the A's, you're optimistic. What is going on? No, I I totally agree with what you're saying. And to bring it back to the bullpen thing, um, Andrew Baggerly on The Athletic talked about how a couple years ago this this. Uh, strategy wouldn't have worked. And with the hmm. ghost runner on second base, there's this ability to like shorten the game in extra innings that like hmm. you're always holding a long reliever back in the past. At least you used to always do this who could go six, seven innings when, you know, you were just in a, in an extra inning slog, the use petites of the world. Um, and now, you know, Games don't last past the 11th. If teams can't score in the 10th, then a team does end up taking it in the in the 11th. So I think you're able to use bullpen arms, especially the way the Giants have been developing some of their relievers and the way they made moves in the offseason. They have a lot of guys who can go two, three, four innings. And so it distributes those innings a lot more. Um, and I don't think they're wearing themselves out as much, but... One thing to, I think, keep an eye out is Kyle Harrison. I think Farhan, potentially in the same interview you were just referencing, yeah. is saying Kyle should have been brought up in July had he not gotten hurt. And it's a matter of when, not if, this season. And they plan on using him like a traditional starter, which I found very interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I and I think... <laughs> we're talking about the same thing and in that interview Pavlovich goes like is is he gonna be you know that David Price role coming in like as kind of this like unknown wild card and making a difference in the postseason and Farron was like wait a second one he's got to like throw strikes at AAA and then he's got to <laughs> yeah. throw strikes in the majors too and so I, Park, I don't think horse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, I think that it's not like um, it's not predestined that he's going to have success immediately at in the major league level. And like, obviously, he's a more seasoned prospect than like a Luciano or something like that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, like, I, I'd love to see him take that role. But like, he's also not stretched out. So it's like, what you can expect for him is like, honestly closer to like 
the best version of Alex Wood, kind of. Like, it's like five innings and then you're going to turn it over, which is fine. And I, I think that still does do something for our rotation and the the reliability of it because... Um, it's an extra body, It's an extra body and Cobb and Webb are fallible. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've had great seasons, but... Um, saw I think Cobb, Cobb earlier. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, I just, I optimist hat off, pessimist <laughs> hat back on. I think that oh, I feel so much more comfortable now. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it's a beautiful hat. You can't see it, but it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> one, one of the most beautiful hats you've ever seen. Um, and it, that's a beautiful hat. Um, but I think that Cobb worries me a little bit. A little bit, and I think he's been a workhorse for us this year. And I saw a clip, re- I think, from this past week or the week before of, like, how he pitched through, you know, sickness and all this that stuff. That was earlier like, this week. That's right. Yeah. And he's been, and he's been you know, um, consistent for us for the most part. But, um, you know, you talk about a veteran maybe fading a little bit as the season goes on. Um, for some reason, so different, but it makes me think of, like, tim hudson or something like oh funny remember, like yeah not like that different great, honestly i see and, that. but like they're kind of similar pitchers and like mm-hmm. in a similar part of their career so yeah i don't know the interesting thing with cobb is i've seen that in day games he has like a 5.5 era and in night games it's like 1.5 like whoa he's just so bad in day games so gabe just needs to say hey you know let's just we'll save you for tomorrow rest up you know None of this waking up early nonsense. He likes he likes to ease into his mornings, Alex Cobb. You know, he's I think he's a night I owl. Think, <laughs> I think they need to do like a really intense bit where they kind of like for him, you know, like when you like are going on um, an international flight and maybe you like start <laughs> staggering when you go to sleep so that it lines up right. It's like mm. we have to like have somebody just following him around, like changing all the clocks and we just get him <laughs> to sleep early. And then what we'll do is we'll have a really big tarp, bring it with us to all the fields. We'll make it feel like nighttime. And then maybe he'll feel like finally he can pitch well during the day. Make him pitch, make him pitch in sunglasses <laughs> during the day. Do you think, do you think Farhan has an email? I feel like, I feel like we should, we should send him I this mean, one. This one's free. The next one will cost you. <laughs> I'm feeling farhan.zady at sfgiants.com. I mean, like, would it, would it <laughs> not be it that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, switching. If, oh, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, we've been switching a sec, but I just feel like if we truly got a hold of Farhan's email, I think he would, <laughs> this would be his last season <laughs> with the Giants. I think we would run him out of town. With the worst yeah. ideas ever, but anyway. Go well, this transitions very nicely to uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is Giants uh-huh. fans' reaction to the deadline. So speaking of Farhan wanting to leave San Francisco forever, <laughs> if Giants fans, at least the ones I saw on Twitter this week, uh, had access to his email, the man would, he would... You know, he would cease to exist in Giants land. And maybe he's got tougher skin than me, but I don't know. What did you notice? I know you weren't you were moving. You weren't watching games, but were you able to kind of see some of the fan reaction to the deadline on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like any other freaking 
guy in the United States. I'm checking MLBTR.com frequently during the trade deadline As time. Every so. other person in the United <laughs> States. Yeah. Good call. Um yeah, it's a it's a universal experience. Um but <laughs> by the way, I saw somebody suggest it may have been like Jason Stark or something on the athletic that um trade deadline day should be a universal day off. And I think that that hmm. would be a great thing to do. Um, but it makes too much sense for the MLB to do it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I definitely saw the reaction and like I had a similar reaction. I think, I think literally it's just kind of like the narrative of it. I think it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost like if they hadn't brought in AJ Pollock, it would have been an easier pill to swallow. But like, <laughs> it's kind of that thing of like, it's harder to like, finish to get the silver than to not have placed at all because it just feels yeah. like you're so close to something well, and, and it's like, a retread of everything that keeps happening to us every offseason seemingly every trade deadline it's like oh we're promised this i saw a lot of people referencing like well farhan promised we'd be aggressive and it's like yeah he didn't promise that the trades would happen he said they would be aggressive in checking stuff out and from yeah. reports and rumors that sounds like it was true they they uncovered every rock they reached out to teams and the asking price is just too big or yeah i think also too small like there are also guys who got traded who we wouldn't have wanted anyway yeah i mean i think you look around the league and all the trades that happen and it's just like it's not a um a premium free agent class especially without uh without shohei and it's just it's not um Right. I mean, he is he is premium, this but is like the, otherwise. But this was the year to trade for Soto. You know, our prospects yeah, actually yeah. had some shine. Sorry, exactly. I cut you off though. No, no, no. I mean, I think um, that's exactly right. I mean, um, Farhan was saying um, we're such like little Farhan simps. It's so funny. Um, but just Farhan was saying that um, it's like uh, other teams. You know, and there's the caveat that like maybe it's to butter the bread to like get deals to work. But he's like, other teams like what we've got going on right now, yeah. organizationally and and in the minors. And so, yeah, I think we could have like made the right deal if the right deal presented itself. But it's like the biggest deals of this trade deadline were Scherzer and Verlander on a down year. Um, you know, yeah. offloading, get paying, you know, essentially paying forty, fifty thousand dollars for a prospect for the Mets. And so, I think right. it's not. Um, it just wasn't the year to do anything super crazy. And so I think, um, I think the fan reaction was just, yeah, it was just that it's just like an optical thing. I think AJ Pollock, I texted you when this happened, like I didn't know he was still playing (laughs) (laughs) in the majors. And I think just getting somebody like that just feels very Connor Joe. Well, maybe that's a bad example. Like, no, but it it feels, it feels like a meaningless move. Yeah. I also want to call back to a Marco Scudero when we traded for him. Didn't feel like, and not to yeah. say AJ Pollock is going to be Marco Scudero, but like, I think there is a ton to, to like about AJ Pollock. He's good friends with Stripling, Wood, and Jock from the Dodger days. He hits lefties, which we haven't been hitting lefties very well. Um, plays a better left field than Jock Peterson does or Wade at this point, um, who's finally looking healthy again, uh, Lamont yeah. Wade, which is great to see. Um, more on him in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think you're exactly right. The optics looked horrible, um, but it just was not a seller's. No, it wasn't a buyer's market. 
And what what are we going to do? Are we going to go up to the Dodgers and be like, hey, we need one of your players. Can our fans are going to be really upset if we don't get a good player. Can you just can you just give yeah. us one, guys? Come on. I mean, I mean, it's nice. like ultimately you don't you don't have power over this in every situation, and people are yeah. going for Farhan's head. And I'm absolutely a Farhan simp. I think he's done a phenomenal job with yeah. what was actually a really tough, tough organization and tough system when he inherited it. And then a year into it, the pandemic happens and really hurt the development of a lot of minor league players. So, yeah, no, I, I agree, I and I mean. I, I think like we discussed too, it's like, it's getting these guys back. It's getting Tyro back, which is like, I've been thinking a lot about him this week, just in the sense of like, mm-hmm. look how big of a part of this team that he is for like a guy that when we got him, like, did anybody like blink twice wow. and like think Great that point. he was going to yeah. be a, a big contributor. And, and so it's like, it's guys like that and Wade getting healthy and like, you know, what does, does Hanniger have anything left in his, in the back? I think he for, does. Like, I mean, I, fluke yeah, injury. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he always hits when he's on the field for the most part mm-hmm. I, I, when he's healthy. So, yeah, I, I think that I think we did what we needed to do um, this year. I, I think you look at the, around the league and maybe I feel a slight bit of buyer's remorse about like maybe a Michael Lorenzen or Jordan Montgomery or Jack Flaherty or something like that. But, you know, it just guys, be another stripling Mania wood category. I mean, it's yeah. guys you kind of take a flyer on and go. Hey, could he find lightning in a bottle for the last two months of the season and really work for us? But I feel yeah. like we have the same type of guys, and it wasn't worth it to trade. Yeah, a prospect. If for anything, it. actually, the guy who I most was like, "That's a great move." Is the Aaron Savale move to the mm. Rays? Like that Rays was, are classic. The Ray. I mean, it's an interesting one because the Rays are like those type of guys to go after, like the underlying peripherals look great, but maybe the on the on field results aren't whatever, but he's kind of a flipped version of that. But it's like, sometimes those guys, it's like for that season, like as a rental, it's like, that is, you just, you just pay for what you get for what you're getting. And he's had a great year. So like somebody like him of that caliber, I think would have made a difference, but like, that's not somebody who people thought was like on the trade market. That was just like the raise being the raise. So I, I can't really like be too mad about it ultimately. I agree. I, I totally agree. Um, switching gears and kind of continuing to talk about the rest of the league. Um, there was a, there was a good old fashioned base brawl, uh, a baseball fight yesterday. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't stop thinking about it. I know you (laughs) watched it too. Um, yeah. You want to break down what happened yesterday in the, uh, guardians white Sox game? Yeah. I think I want to just splice in a little clip. Aki. Now Holsey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. I, I put the clip in because I wanted to hear um, what's oh, what is the line? It's like and Anderson goes down or something. It's just like Anderson goes down. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's just it's. Um, you know, I'm actually not a huge baseball fight guy. Like, it's usually not Ooh. for me. I, I like, I watch I them. And it's, love them. It's kind of a morbid curiosity, but I think it kind of is just like, <laughs> it's just like such a machismo thing that, and they end up being like, oh, it's kind absolutely. of often like, you know, these 
it's not as bad as basketball, like, but like the basketball fights where it's just like, come on, come on, and just like people getting dude, each other's face and never the doing hold anything. Hold me back, Olympics. The like, I know. oh, dude, if this guy wasn't in front of me, I would fuck you up. And then the other guy being like, bro, 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 bro. If this guy wasn't in front of me, you would be <laughs> on the ground. It's like these dudes actually squared up. I loved the ump just completely getting out of the way, like <laughs> NHL he's trying style. To, yeah, for real. And it's like, I don't know, is that the worst thing to do? Someone might have a very good opinion as to why that is not a good thing to do. And I would consider it. But to me, it's like, you know, they're both consenting adults. <laughs> you know, it's like if both... you see this yeah. from two people, are you going right. to put your body between them as a small little umpire? And you know, so. there's history there. You know, there is something where Tim Anderson's having a horrible year, has had a bad couple years. Jose Ramirez has been one of the best players in the AL Central for the last six, seven years. And Tim Anderson's a little frustrated and he slides in under him on a a double and he's like talking shit and, you know, they uh, pull him up and he then gets clocked (laughs) and knocked out. And it was kind of a lucky punch, but, you know. Yeah, well, I mean... They you know, credit to Jose for for somehow dodging, just kind of wildly dodging yeah. everything and then landing. I think just like the just the image of him just going down like that is just like such a beautiful baseball image. And <laughs> I think, you know, really like you look at what started it and it's like whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like sliding yeah. in under like there wasn't he didn't like tag him hard. There like wasn't really any like anything to it. But I think it's more just like these fights happen. I think this fight happened because the White Sox are having a no good, very bad year. The Guardians are underperforming. And I think it was just like the perfect, the perfect yeah. mixture of something for this to happen. And I mean, has there been, I think, I think of the most iconic baseball fights in the last like decade, um, you know, you think, you think of Jose Bautista and Rugnet Odor, like that's a classic one with actual, you know, punches that was being a landed. Hell of a clock, just that's yeah. But also, you know, I kind of the other one that comes to mind is my boy Hunter Strickland <laughs> and Bryce Harper. Like those are probably top three for me of the decade, just for like not for quality <laughs> of fight, but just like it deserves the to memory be there of for, it. Like, the mm-hmm. memes of it, the, the content of it, like is is worth absolutely. Yeah, I'm just glad wanted we talked to, about it. Yeah, no, we Me had too. to. We had um, to as baseball fans. We had to. Yeah, um, and then yeah, anything else going on? Um, kind of rest of the league. Is there something that stood out either Giants wise or other that uh, you particularly like? Didn't like? Kind of. Yeah, roll with well, that the way you want. I mean, I think that we're just, um, <laughs> I mean, truthfully, if I was to give the real answer, it's that I was excited about the possibility of Zach Granke hitting and then he didn't mm. um, because of like, there was a thing, Salvador Perez got injured and like that was going to happen. That is something that would get me <laughs> excited. But um, I think ultimately it's just, um, it's, I think that there's pros and cons, but like ultimately the parody in the league right now is exciting. I think for so many yeah. teams to be like really like in control of their destiny and for, through the end of the year is like, it's a good time to watch baseball and you, you know, 
you see like um i don't know like uh like the blue jays red Sox series has been interesting yankees Brandon astros been on fire lately for them too yeah yeah i mean that's see. been cool to watch yeah totally and um seeing i was reading some articles about that and just like seeing the way that they talk about him there is like yeah i've i just feel so good for him makes that, me like, happy yeah i th- i think um he easily could be like an afterthought like why did we get this washed guy to come here but it's like they found a role for him you know kind of miraculously in that stacked blue jays lineup and um he's been coming through so honestly those those kind of things have been um most interesting to me but it's a good time to watch baseball i feel like you you turn on the highlights and you know to see shohei hit 40 like it's just it's a fun time to be watching baseball and then the and then the angels after our conversation last weekend being like you know what they had to do it you know they got to push the chips in they got to go for it i don't think they've won since they got swept by the mariners the Mariners who sold their closer at the deadline to the D-backs. That trade, actually, I wanted to talk about that earlier. That trade, the uh, Mariners traded Paul Sewold to the uh, Diamondbacks to be their closer. They've been struggling in the late innings. And then the Diamondbacks haven't been able to win since the deadline either. Reminds me so much of the J.D. Davis, Darren Ruff trade last year, where mm. like the Mariners sold high on a guy who was kind of a journeyman, found a role, and found a clubhouse and just overperformed and you sell high, you get prospects, you get a guy who's major league ready. And in like a week, it already looks like a steal one-to-one. And then you get these prospects um, on the back end of the deal. And I think the Mariners did a really good job because um, they've got Munoz in their, in their bullpen too. Again, they just swept the, the angels. So they're, you know, knocking on the door of the playoffs and, the Diamondbacks now are like in sixth place in the wild card or something after losing to us and then losing to the Twins. I think this weekend, so that that was an interesting one to track. But yeah, um, that's an interesting one too because um, the Mariners have done this before when they've traded their closer, and I think the Gravy it was Man, Kendall Graveman, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that like really I think deflated the clubhouse when they did that. They just like wasn't an understanding, and I think they got. Um, What's they his got name? Abraham Castillo? Toro and Luis Cat. No, not Luis. Um, Diego Castillo. Diego. Yeah. Yeah. To get, but like, or, and they theoretically, whatever. Yeah. The point. The point being, like, I think it's kind of a little bit of a gambit on their part to do that again when they're trying to contend. But um, you know, the Angels are fading, and so it's like, why not try to do it? So um, I think it's interesting. Um, but I think now's as good as time. Now's as good as time as ever to transition into the last thing we wanted to do. Um, a couple weeks back, we did uh, a closer um, tier list since the 2000s. And um, we thought, uh, I think it'll, it'll be a recurring thing here. We had fun doing it for um, closers. And so we're just going to go around the horn and start with uh, number one, the first baseman. Go around the horn in no particular order. <laughs> go around. Yeah, you know, we're going well. <laughs> No, it really doesn't make any sense. Um, I will say both of these positions, I think, have had some legendary players and some good kind of old time players, but also like pretty good recent players. So, um, but well, yeah, yeah, we're going I first mean, base 
this time. Uh, if yes. We hadn't already said that. I mean, speaking of Brandon Belt, it, I think maybe that was our, our transition into it. But Did he play um, first base for us? Interesting. Um, for a couple I of mean, years. I mean, against many people's wishes, yes, he did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So let's uh, let's let's pop this thing open here. Um, and so what we're gonna do is I have a list up of um, all the uh, starting first basemen um, since the since two thousand. And um, all right, let's start from two thousand. Um, I think this might be a layup for you, but who was the first baseman? In JT. 2000? JT indeed. My favorite and player growing up. I love JT. Well deserved. I think I think he was beloved beyond his ability. Kind well, of. I think people I think women found him to be a handsome feller, if memory <laughs> serves. And little boys like me uh modeled their games after him and wanted to be handsome fellers just like JT. <laughs> I just the way that you said that was so like a gay man pretending to be straight. <laughs> <laughs> Women th- thought that he was quite a handsome feller with a, a nice um, face. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, the thing that st- stands out to me looking at this um, this list here is that he was our starting first baseman from 1997 to 2005, which is like kind of longer than wow. I had remembered. Um, and like to go past, uh, you know, p- from past y2k and to be you know have multiple years on the other side of that is pretty impressive so shout out to I think he has great... one of the most legendary home runs in giants history which grant brisby a number of years ago did a list of those on the athletic um, yeah. which those who subscribe I, I would check that out it was really cool but jt had that homer in the 2000 playoffs against the mets we ended up losing that game and the series but and pretty, uh yeah great home legendary run. guy um and also of course the moment with uh darren baker yeah will be etched oh. into giants minds forever um of him picking up uh darren uh during the who's now in the washington national system by the way he's a professional baseball player darren baker i'd love Crazy. to see him come up but um yeah jt snow where where do you where are you putting him um probably b tier but I could be convinced to put him in A tier. I don't think he was a clutch enough or maybe a consistent enough, actually, hitter. Um, but he was a really good defensive first baseman. The longevity was there. He played for the Angels before us and then the Red Sox for like a year maybe after. Mm-hmm. Um, but had a nice career. Maybe A. Yeah. I don't know. Where are you leaning? Um, I think... I was going towards A initially, but I think, um, I think, yeah, ultimately, I think he, he, what he meant to Giants fans, I think was different than like, like who he was as a player. And like, ultimately, like, you know, baseball's changed a lot in the last couple few decades, but first baseman got a hit at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that that never was his calling card. So I think I feel content with a B. I think we may make some people mad, but, um. You know, if yeah. you're mad, then let us know why. Um, and where I you would put. like to know the people who would get really upset about JT Snow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, 20 years later. Callers find a way to be mad about everything. It's true. Um, it is true. OK, uh, next. All right. So. So that's I'm guessing 2006, 2006, indeed. And actually. I did not include. 
there's two people that are tied for games, but just um, in this one year. Yes. If I get both of them, do I win a cookie? Um, I will. I will Uber eats you a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I want to say Damon Minor just because he's our AAA hitting coach, and I want to give a quick shout out. But I know he was in that era. But based on your reaction, I think I'm wrong. Correct. Was it Pedro Feliz? You know, that's a good guess. Um, I it, these this is a tough one. Um, I have one more. I have one more guess. Lance Necro. That is actually correct. He was the one that didn't show up on this list, so I mm. don't have him in the tier list. So you're just gonna have to phantom put it in. But um, you know, Lance Necro, love that guy. I went into a Macy's and him and Jason Ellison were signing stuff, oh my and God. I'll always remember that. Those are so. two names. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's let's phantom put. You know, actually, I'll I'll, I'll do it in I'm in Final Cut. Where would you <laughs> put Lance Necro in this list? C. I don't know. He was like pretty mediocre, but yeah, yeah. good guy. He wasn't great. Um, but the actual, not the actual, but um, in the baseball reference, um, with po- negative point six war was <laughs> Shea Hillenbrand. Oh man, <laughs> I was so sure he was. He was going to be my next guest for 07. I thought because I remember when we we brought him over. Um, I use him on. Uh, Immaculate Grid. Oh yeah, Look, I'm looking at his I, baseball reference. That's mm-hmm. a good guy for Immaculate Grid for sure. Just the one year with us. Um, hit two forty eight, two seventy five, four eighteen. Not the best. No, I don't remember it being that great either. But he had a nice I, little career. Yeah, he had a good career. Not for us though. I think he's a D. Nope. Yeah, I think he's a yeah. D too. Yeah. Um. Okay. Great. This oh seven. Have I 07? named oh seven yet? Um, you have, you know, it's really embarrassing. I put Shea Hillenbrand as JT Snow, which is not correct. Um, so let's reorder this here. Um, uh, yes, now we are at, um, 2008 here. Actually, 2007. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, 07. And have I named this person yet? Um... No. Hmm. I'm grasping at straws here. It's the first base position for the Giants. Was it an outfielder converted? Um let me let me check on that. Let's see here. I don't have a name. I just was hoping that might give me a name. You know I don't, I don't you know he yeah. did play outfield actually. Um, oh, I yeah, of course he did. But and he did for <laughs> us actually as well. Huh. Give me the but name. I I don't have it. I think you might know him more as a Padre. He he started his career with the with the Braves from ninety two to ninety nine, and then from two thousand to two thousand six was a San Diego Padre. Had one All Star year with them. Um, my brother, I think I know why, um, maybe as a hint, wanted him on the team pretty badly. Um, and it may have something to oh, do with his oh, first name. Nice. Ryan Klesko. Indeed. Damn. 
feel bad about that one. I would have. <laughs> There's I would not have much to say to about that. Ryan Klesko's Giants career, to be honest. Though I think he's pretty much a. C. I do like in doing these exercises, though. We really, uh, we really see why there were gaps in the winning for these the Giants. <laughs> Both the closer section and the first base yes. section now are like yes. really, really weak after Bonds and before Posey. Yeah, um, yeah, and then yeah. So we'll get to the rest of this, but then oh. Eight. Yes. Was someone else? Was is that someone else. Rich Aurelia? Because he sure had the one Rich season. Aurelia. Okay, I was holding it for 08. He In had 08, the one random had... season where he came back and played. Yes. First base for negative 0.6 war. Um, the second <laughs> most starts at first base that year. Um, uh, Giants legend, John Bowker. <laughs> oh, another good one. Another great name. Um, and then oh so, nine. Oh yeah, go ahead. Wait, Sorry. so Rich Aurelia, where would you where would we put him? Oh I, and it's tough because we can't put him in as a shortstop. Do you know what I mean? This is Rich Aurelia, the first baseman, ultimately. Oh. Well then I think he has to be D tier, but yeah. just <laughs> just in like three months when we go over the shortstops. Um He shall be redeemed. He shall. He might his status might share the same letter is his first or his last name that was more complicated than it needed to be but <laughs> the first like letter uh, of his middle name a little riddle for our <laughs> listeners <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure y'all are still paying attention after hour five of the foggy with a uh, um, but yeah and then so that goes to oh nine yes god um that one i want to say john bowker but he was probably John playing Bowker outfield. played four games for us. And then I think he might have headed across the sea. <laughs> to the <laughs> Pirates, I believe. Um, this one. Pablo played this, third. Pablo played 26 games there. Okay. That's not I think, enough. Is his name Ryan Garko? Is oh, that a guy? of course. He played 33 yeah, Stanford games. Stanford alum. Yeah, but we, we had traded 113 for season. games. Mm-hmm. From from this guy, who ultimately became a bit of a legend for the Giants, but maybe oh. not that year. Travi Trav, Travi Ishikawa. Well, it was funny. I was just gonna make a Ishikawa comparison with uh, Aurelia coming back. It was like the anti Ishikawa in that we brought him back after a first stint, but he wasn't very good. Yeah, I think you know. It's kind of like this goes against all logic, but it's just like I kind of feel like he has to go high. And I know that it's like I know we're talking about this 2010, but it's just like we're not going to come back. Like, is he going to be like the left? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely not counting in the left field rankings. Maybe maybe we can maybe we can go B. Maybe we can go B. B. So the greatest home run in Giants history, maybe yeah. other than the shot heard around the world, potentially, yes. or any of Barry's milestone home runs. Yes. Um, or Posey's home run against the Dodgers in game one of that division series in, uh, in 21 was pretty epic, too. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, Travis Ishikawa had a walk off home run to send us to the World Series where we ended up winning. Um, yeah, great giant. Shout out, shout He's out a coach. Him. 
and NBC Sports Bay Area analyst that can't not factor in. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Um, I'm tempted to put so, him higher, yeah. but I think B for like for no. this exercise, we put Rich really at D. So it's like uh, you know he's Ishii actually can, a C, but we're we're throwing him up to B. But yeah, if he said yeah, S. Yeah. My nostalgia wouldn't argue with you. Yeah, I, I almost did it, but um, let's keep moving so we don't keep uh, our listeners for too much longer. Is easy. Uh, he who shall not be named. No, Aubrey Huff. Um, we don't have to spend too much time. I will say. What a fantastic year he had this year. Um, I remember yeah, in the dude. playoffs, MLB Network did like a ranking of the the players at each position against the Phillies and the NLCS. And they picked Huff over Ryan Howard for that series. And they got That's all this crazy. Flack and they were like, no, for real, he's having a better season and he's just a more he's just a better player that for the series. And it was true. He was phenomenal that year for us. And he was, you know, it's weirdo. Great. Now he's, a, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about it in a second, but let's just talk about the stats for this year. Ignoring Love all the Thank stuff. You. Mm-hmm. Um, he, this man hit 290, 385, yeah. slug 506, um, 142 OPS, um, 5.7 war, at least on baseball reference. And wow. he got, um, down ballot MVP votes. He was seventh in MVP voting that year, and I honestly forgot that completely because he's been such a dick <laughs> since <Yeah. laughs> since he left the Giants. <laughs> Just such an asshole. Um, and you'll see that in the picture that I chose for him in the tier list. But, um, <laughs> That's uh, fantastic. I but mean, I think he's an A. I really, I yeah, think he's an A. I think so too. A for asshole. Um, <laughs> a for asshole. But yeah, he didn't have quite as good a season in um, 2011. No, pretty bad. Um, pretty bad, actually. And thank God for that, because that ushered in the era of our next player. Um, Brett we discussed Pill. already. Brett. Pill. Oh, <laughs> my bad. I fumbled. No. Um, yeah, Brandon Belt. Great, great giant. Played over a decade. Um, 2011 um, until 2022. Um was there any year he wasn't our opening day first baseman during that time, except for 2011? I don't think he. Well, I don't, I don't think he may have started the year. He he played he 31 games year. with us, so I don't think that he oh, started the year. No. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like you just look at the career that he had, and it's like I know I'm just doing war. I know I sound like a freaking eh. new school, whatever, but it's, it's like 2.8, 4.1, 1, 4.1, It's just like he just was consistent throughout his career. Bankable I know he had a few down years. Value, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and just beyond that, I think what he represents to the franchise of just like, you know, the baby giraffe thing for his long neck, the whole captain <laughs> bit. Just like I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but like it can't be overstated enough how fun a player he was to follow on this team. And for that reason, I'm going to argue that he deserves to go S. And I think we're about to have a fight. Clark and I are about to go uh, uh, Anderson Ramirez right now. (laughs) The uh, tier maker uh, website I finally opened because now I know what everything is and it immediately opened up to an ad in Spanish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, how, how do you feel about do that? Do you want to? I love it. Okay, yeah. great. Sending it. Um, the captain to the top as it should be. I completely and then, agree. And great then giant. last one that brings us to our starting first baseman this late year. Late night. Late night. Um, Senor late night Lamont. Um, I think he's still, he's a Willie Mack award winner. I think that has to play for something yeah. in this exercise. Um, he was part of the, the way 2021. he galvanized that team and was like yeah. such an emotional linchpin to that team. And the year he's having now, I think validates a lot of the, like he's a good player. Um, yeah. I still think B. I think so too. If JT I'm, is a B, I think Lamont Wade is a B. Unfortunately, I, I think J- yeah. Oh, it's JT B. I had him at A. I've really <laughs> for anybody watching this, it's been a true mess. The screen recording of the tier maker. So thanks for bearing with me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think he's got to go B. He's definitely got potential to go up as his career goes up, as as we've done with like Doval and it stuff like that. It could change in a f- couple weeks. Yeah, you know. I mean. I would love to see him step up in a major way. I, I'm with you on B. And I just quickly, before we end, um, on baseball reference, you can like hover over and see who, you know, who started um, at that position that year. And this year we've had Wade, Flores, Villar, Davis, and Peterson. And that's great. And in 2022, we had Belt, Flores, Ruff, Wade, Davis, Villar, Mercedes, Listella, Casali, Bossler, <laughs> Ford, Padlo, Papierski, which is crazy oh, to read. My God. <laughs> um, Last year was a mess. Yes. But um, anyway, I think that takes us around to the end of the episode. I had fun doing that. Um, as always, um, I did too. We'll have a link to this in the show notes. Um, you know, You know, if you're listening to this, Shout outs to you for sticking with us on, on this stuff. But, you know, you don't have to send it to us. But if you want to, send us who, how you would rank um, people or let us know what you think. Um, yeah, I, I, I had fun this week. Um, I know this is a slightly longer episode, um, but I enjoyed it greatly. Um, big Giants games coming up this week. Excited to see what goes on. And I hope yeah, you We too. get to watch Shohei. Oh, We're right. We're playing I the Angels. We get to watch the GOAT himself. So Man. If I lived in It'll LA, be fun I would way. be there for sure. Well, I hope that you, the listener, have a beautiful week and we'll catch you next week on Foggy with Chance of T-Calls. Thanks. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Foggy with a Chance of Seagulls. If you haven't already, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We have a video version available on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram for little clips that we'll be putting up every week. And it actually really helps if you leave us ratings, reviews, comments, anything. It all helps. Thank you for listening so much. And we'll see you next week.